Hello, I'm Neil Patel. And I am Dieter Bone. And we, we are here at the Vergecast. The Vergecast, the yeah. flagship podcast of Verge.com. We're here at CS 2017 in Vegas. It's the last final episode of Vergecast live from CS. So let's get started. Dieter. I am still Dieter. Over at the hype desk, we've got Megan Farouk-Manesh. Hey, How's it going, Megan? Uh, I'm super bummed it's our last show, but I am very excited because uh, we still have lots of polls for you guys. If you tweeted The Verge, this is your last chance for us to read your tweets, so you should do that. It's the last chance for us to read your tweets. Ever. Ever. I will never <laughs> look at your tweets again after this. I will throw them all straight into the block garbage can. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How can they get at you? Uh, tweet at tweet at The Verge. Yeah. Um, use the hashtag CS2017, that's super important, and stay tuned. There it is. All right, Dieter. Headlines. So, headlines. Let's jump right into some news. So there's no news. That's like the thing. It's right? the last day. Well, it's the last weekday. CS still has a couple days, but all the big announcements have been made. Yeah. But there's a bunch of stuff that like sort of happened, but didn't wasn't like the massive thing, but was still important. Yeah. yeah. So let's, let's get started. So a bunch of smartwatches at the show. Smartwatch is kind of limping along, not doing great, but uh, Garmin put out a new Phoenix 5. Uh, Lauren wrote about it. It actually looks really nice. Yeah. Garmin quite like kind of doing really well. Uh, Misfit. Did something called the Vapor. You make a wearable called the Vapor. Vapor, where? They made this just so you could tweet a dad joke about and it. And I did. I tweeted that dad joke. Oh, he super did. Yeah. Uh, it's got a new Snapdragon Wear 21. It's whatever. Yeah. It's a whatever. Well, so actually, that Garmin, the Garmin, the Garmin is interesting. Like they're quietly great. You're right. Yeah. Um, but they don't have full access to stuff on the iPhone. But they're really great sport watches, and they made multiple sizes of them. Yeah. Um, the Misfit. Uh, is the thing that is, to me... I'm going to interrupt you. I want you to yeah. fast forward to Android Wear being garbage. Because that's what there. I want you to talk about. <laughs> the Misfit should have been Android Wear. Yeah. It's running some variant of Android. It's probably going to get released in China. Um, but instead, it's just running this thing. Maybe it's on top of Android Wear, but they couldn't run it on Android Wear uh, because it couldn't do what Misfit wanted to do, apparently. And Android Wear is not having a good time right now. Yeah. It feels like Apple did the Apple Watch. They had to reboot the whole thing. Now it's like kind of fun. Yeah. It's an interesting product. I wore one in for another couple of months and put it away. Yeah. Andri Google just kind of blew it with Android Wear. Yeah. So these things on the screen here, there's a, there's a couple of them. It's the uh, next evolution light-up wearable. There's also yeah. a baselet, baselet thing. If you're like a, uh, like a club kid yeah. or like a music festival person, you've they, seen these around. They They're the most up. interesting yeah. wrist or things here. Or if you here. just are looking around for your phone in the dark or something, right. just want to throw it out, that out there. Oh, they like light up or vibrate to the beat yeah, of the music? Yeah, I mean, like, that sounds very they, useful. They, Eli. <laughs> Damn. Wow. Last day of the show, Megan's coming out for blood. <laughs> Uh, that's what we all came here for, right? Blood. Yeah, just, blood. Just sweet, sweet. No, I think it's. We, I think the point here is like, there's these other weird offshoot mutant wearables. They're way more interesting than Android Wear. Right. So Android Wear 2.0 is coming out sometime next year. Uh, we're gonna see some more stuff. Uh, we're gonna see some like Nexus style Android Wear devices. But right now, uh, the smartwatch game is Apple Watch. <laughs> Samsung Gear S3 still hanging around, yeah, and uh, a bunch of other things that are like not so good, but there's a few that like deserve more credit than they get, and I think that Garmin stuff is like at the top of that list. Yeah. So, um, the other thing that is going on at CES I really want to talk about are displays. Yeah. So it's like a really broad, generic category, but the screens at CES are incredibly interesting. 
So the, the first one and probably the biggest news is that Sony switched its Bravia line of TVs from LCD to OLED. At the top of the line. At the top of the line, yeah. So it's they come in you know multiple sizes. They're running Android TV. They've got Dolby Vision HDR. Um, but what's interesting about the the high end Bravias here is they decided to do this thing that some every now and then they trot this out. Though they make the whole screen the speaker. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. But it's it's good to see that. LG no longer sort of stands alone as like trying to push the TV market. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, But there's other stuff too. So Dell made an insane, bonkers 8K monitor. It's basically they just took like what would what's the most you would ever want in a monitor, and they put (laughs) it in this thing. It's five thousand bucks. Of course it is. It's thirty two inches. It's just it's got all the stuff. So that's cool. Um, Acer made a, a gaming monitor that's curved and it has a Toby eye tracking. So if you want to do eye tracking while you're playing a video game, you can do it. So it's like adding that stuff on. Yeah. And the thing I'm really excited about this is for gaming, I had this big argument with uh, Vlad Savov, who wrote a great piece about how displays are one of the best things at the show. And I told him, I bet you that this that Curved is actually great for gaming. I and think Curved and a desktop is really great. He didn't believe me. Yeah. And then he today went out and played it, of and course. he's like, oh yeah, you're right. I mean, Curved on big TVs, kind of yeah. over. But my favorite interesting display is, it's called the Tanvis. It's a, it's a display that does haptic feedback, but it does it locally under your finger. So if you're, they do a partnership where if you're running over like a piece of corduroy, it feels like corduroy. <laughs> or if it's jeans. You need a partnership for that? Do you have to like... Yeah, they're going to try and like, like do the a partnership. Corduroy Institute of America yeah. is like, they're, they're, you can't feel corduroy the thing's in this for sale. They're trying to find partners to make this thing. I see what but the reason it's exciting is like, you're like, oh, okay, I described it. But everybody who tried it ran back and said, yo, go try this thing right now. Huh. And so overall, like all the displays here are like pushing forward a yeah. little bit. And it's and more CS than just pixel bits. always about bits. screens, right? Like right. traditionally the move is like, we made it smart. There's a screen in it now. Right. And we're seeing like the next iteration beyond just LCDs. Yeah, and it's, I don't know, it's fun and interesting. It's more than just, you know, this... I'm looking at right here. Yeah. So. But screens are over. They're dead. The next thing is virtual reality. <laughs> screens, fake screens everywhere. Fine. So a bunch of Vive stuff happened. Yeah. HTC Vive. Uh, they have new trackers that can turn literally anything into a controller. Okay, so what does that mean? Standing off stage, Casey Newton is wielding a baseball bat with like a thing <laughs> oh. on the end of it. Oh, so you just like slap so it on Yeah, stick it on it, and now it okay. can like find right. it for you. Uh, they made a wireless add-on, so you don't need to be tethered to the computer. It actually works. Oh. Uh, I assumed it would be like wireless HDMI, which is like pretty laggy, but it's a new kind of tech. It's called the TPCast. Okay. Um, it's like, it's interesting. Oh, it's like. Yeah, it's like- uh, and you can also head. see on the screen, uh, they built, they got rid of a headphone jack. <laughs> uh, they, well. they actually built a headphone attachment so you don't need your own bulky. They're basically making it more and more self-contained. Right, right. Uh, and I think that's what they're doing subscriptions in VR. Uh, I think it's really interesting. The Vive, to me, is the one that's more interesting uh, yeah, so in, in should, terms of the high end. Right. Go ahead. I make should your disclose, my wife works for Oculus. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Like the, All the like, excitement around like weird stuff mm-hmm. around... VR yeah. seems to be going through the Oculus. And I'm really shocked that this uh, wireless add-on works as well as it does. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of bandwidth. There's a couple of them. Yeah, but it, 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 like, you would expect, like, lag is the biggest problem you can have in VR. If there's lag, you get sick and you barf. Yeah. So they have, to, that, they have to fix that. And apparently they, they did. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I don't know, I'm excited to try it out. Uh, speaking of this tracker, Casey Newton, who I said is standing off stage, we're going to play with that stuff in a minute. But he went and did some crazy stuff uh, in their VR chamber. Let's check that out right now. All right, I am here in HTC's Mixed Reality Bay. I'm about to have a virtual reality experience, but because I'm in this green screen environment, you're going to be able to see it. And the end result of this is going to be a video that we all can watch, and you will see me slaughtering aliens 
I'm literally ready to rumble uh, because there is a rumble pack on my backpack. Let's do this. There's a lot more of them now. <laughs> oh. Nailed it. Wow. Now I spent most of the first part of this in a panicked crouch. Now, now this entire screen is gone like a Kool-Aid red, letting me know that I am on the, the verge of death. And at this point, I, w I really was just sort of waiting to die, and, I just, and then Ryan came back into the picture, and I was completely unaware of you. And then things started to pick up a little bit. I started to figure out how to fire these orbs. Uh, the, the screen was no longer Kool-Aid colored anymore, and I sent a bunch of aliens to meet their maker. And I feel great about it. Talk just for a second about esports. So what you're saying is that this could be essentially a new spectator sport if you're able to see what people are doing inside virtual reality. Yeah, it's a possibility. I think people are looking at it. I think it's a definite opportunity for that business and that sector to actually go. Okay, how do we take esports into VR and how do we put this at scale? The mixed reality bay, like the one I was just in, gives you a really good idea of what I'm seeing and what it's like to be standing inside that virtual world. And as a result, I think you're going to see these bays popping up in lots of places. Virtual reality arcades, trade shows like this one, and anywhere where a maker of a virtual reality headset wants to show you what it's like to be inside. How'd you do? Uh, my understanding is that this is the highest score ever achieved in this game. <laughs> Well, wow. that was ridiculous. Hey, look, Casey Newton's here. <laughs> hello, hello. You brought weapons. I did. <laughs> Do not mess with me right now. <laughs> uh, so what do you got here? Yeah, so, um, uh, you know, as I think you heard in the piece, uh, Vive is making the Vive Tracker now. It's coming out in Q2, and you're going to be able to affix it to any number of third-party peripherals to do things in the world is of the like game. Is this like an officially licensed bat, or is this like any bat works? So I am told that this is actually a prototype unit, that this is not something <laughs> that you can buy bat. in the wild. It's a prototype bat. <laughs> you cannot buy this in the wild for uh, certain liability reasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there is a super cool use of this thing. Uh, if is you it, are a bit... People? Well, uh, I am going to trash the set afterwards, but um, in the meantime, if you're a baseball player and you're going up against a pitcher tomorrow in the major leagues, uh -huh. you can use a database of every pitch ever thrown by that pitcher and take batting practice against that actual pitcher in virtual reality. That's pretty cool. So, wow. you know, whereas before you're going to the batting cage, you're trying to just hit, you know. You're practicing your sport. Random fastballs. <laughs> yeah, my personal sport. Um, now you can do uh, sort of a virtual batting cage and, and have a much different experience. So you so. need this on here and you need this on your wrist? Yeah, that's right. So anytime you add a Vive Tracker to something, you are creating an independently tracked object in the world of the game, which means it's going to be tracked more accurately. There's going to be less lag, that sort of so thing. Can it take inputs besides movement, or do you just strap it on to stuff? Okay. I see you've got a attached to a glove there with some wires and whatnot. Yeah, that's right. And so, of course, you would also need the headset. There would be sort of more that you would need. You'd right. need the Vive setup. Uh, but yeah, uh, go ahead and attach these things. So and in, the, in that little VR cave, that's just yeah. so other people can watch you, or does that have a benefit for you? Uh, so it has no benefit for me other than that's the coolest I've ever looked on camera, <laughs> is destroying aliens with a gun. Um, but um, what is cool about that is that if you've never been inside virtual reality before, uh, you can take a look at that and understand what I'm seeing. Um, and uh, you know, based on my conversations with, uh, with HTC execs, they're saying this is the way that uh, video game makers are going to make their trailers from now on. They're already starting to do it uh, because it, it just sort of you know, conveys information
information much more visually. I think you can also think about like esports applications. So once VR games get going in esports, you'll be able to watch what those players are doing and yeah. uh, be a little this bit easier like to see. This is like the big problem. Like how do we communicate what the hell virtual reality is? This is a way to solve it. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, if you remember last year, I mean, there was sort of a nothing like this. You just, you know, a bunch of like endless footage of nerds a bunch wearing of headsets. Screens, right? Yeah, it was and a huge problem for us. We'd be like, we want to convey this amazing experience, and all we could do is like say it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Right, but now with things like this, you're going to start to see better visual experiences. Yeah, do you yeah. Buy, are you buying it? Like, um, yeah, I think it's really. It cool. I mean, like the. I think the example of baseball players taking batting practice in virtual reality is insanely compelling, and it's another example of where virtual reality is coming faster to business applications than yeah. it is to consumer applications in certain ways. Uh, but you know, just in terms of you know, is it fun to be in virtual reality with a gun shooting aliens? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, that's pretty great. We're going to be right back after this with more Virtus Live. And we're back. Hello. Megan, you're here. Hi, what? Hi. I Hello. hired a new intern. I would like to introduce you to my wonderful intern. This is Sam Sheffer. Sam you guys, you Sheffer, might Sheffer at the Hype Desk. So if wow. you've never listened to Virtus before, we invented the Hype Desk to contain Sam's millennial fury. We needed literally a conceptual box to put Sam into it. And Sam's, I'm back. Sam's not matchable. How's it going, Sam? It's going really well. This is my eighth CS in a row. Lucky. Yeah. And Lucky. it's been uh, it's been one hell of a ride. Can you take the spectacles yes. off. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like seriously. Like, take exactly. the spectacles off. Like go start like a Roth. But you're in love account. with the spectacle. <laughs> I do love, but not those. Okay. I don't, anyway, but you're a TS. What are you What are you looking at? What are you What are you in love with? What's um, the hypest thing in TS? That LG transparent display was super impressive. Um, and their new OLEDs, the blacks are the deepest blacks I've ever seen in a screen in my life. So yeah. uh, those are really impressive. Um, the Concept Toyota, Concept, concept I, Concept yeah. E, uh, I know it's purely a concept, yeah. but seeing those kind of futuristic cars in person is always something that gets me. So yeah, those two things. Yeah, that's fair. Be for bust, Alexa everywhere. <sighs> Man, beef because Amazon is planning world domination right now and yeah. I think by 2020, Amazon is going to be in a. It's going to be insane. How Amazon is going to be everywhere. We'll I'm excited. About that. If you don't know uh, what that means, that was just a uh, hype, hype beast code yeah. that Sam and I use. Uh, Megan, you have uh, some sort of cat. I brought you the most wonderful toy in the world. Oh my god! Yeah. This is one of the Lego booths. Um, uh, there are five you can get, but this is the best one. The cat. His name is Frankie. Yeah. I know. I love it so much. You guys. You okay. It's cranky. It's no. His name is Frankie. His name is Frankie. He's not cranky. It has a okay. light in its mouth. I know. Oh, we're gonna get to that. Okay. Okay, so basically with this, um, you build it and then you program it to do stuff. So it's like so, Mindstorms, it's simpler? That sounds like an old person reference. Okay. Wow. Anyway, wow. moving on to erect. the important thing. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna show you guys how to feed Frankie. So um, okay. you've got the app open, so you'll select the feeding thing, you uh, hit play. And then, this is the best part. I love this cat so much. Oh my God. You feed him. Is that a bottle? Is that a oh ah! my god! It's making a lot of noise. Hold on, check this out. So if you're like, hey, you want the end of the bottle? He's like, no, no. Did he that's just true. fart at you? <laughs> he might have. Oh Hold god. on. Okay, this one, this is the best. Actually, Neela, I'm gonna pull you into this so oh you can god. experience this wonderful thing. Oh good. So um, there are different selections here. Like yeah. you select different menus. Get this one going. Okay. So Neelay, I want you to take Frankie and hold him, hold him gently, gently to your soft, soft beard. To my beard? To, just hold him up there. Hold him beard up there. Puddle with it. Oh my god. Wait, this is really nice. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Okay, put him down for it's a second. Really, really this is gonna make you feel really bad, but I want you to pick him up by his tail. 
I broke his phone. You fight. broke him. Instantly broke his phone. Oh, God. That's what you get, Kat. I pick you up however I want. Okay, the good news is we can rebuild him. I'm not. <laughs> oh, wow. He's pretty. Yeah. He likes this. This is amazing. How many sensors him. are in this thing? A lot. Like, a lot. A lot. But like a kid can like put this the whole, Yeah, the whole yeah. thing is like your Sam, kid. even you could do this. Your kid I want puts one. together. I'm yeah. going to come take it after. You're going to pry it from my cold dead awesome. hands. I, I will awesome. say we do Circuit Breaker. We're going to have Paul Ashton on the show later. But Circuit Breaker stuff, some of the most popular stuff we cover on Circuit Breaker uh, is all stuff that helps kids learn how to build stuff in code. And yeah. I guess that's like kind of the idea here. Yeah, pretty much. It's just like... Imagine Lego blocks helping you learn to build things, except that this is more interactive and you can actually play with it and it's fun to beat it and stuff. Does it's it like have a... Alexa integration? Not yet, but it <laughs> might. That's, that's <laughs> the one that's coming. <laughs> Sam, do you have an Echo in your house? No. Would really? you? No. Uh, Literally the hypest no. thing on the I, I don't, like, I don't like talking to my gadgets yet. Yeah. I'm not on that hype train. You like what talking about to your audience? Them, though? I like talking to the audience. With millennial with, influencers. With my, yeah, I think I, I'm deciding between that and Google Home. Do you have? You have both, right? I have both, but I use my Echo all the time. Yeah. To do what? Uh, play music? I play music and like, I don't know, I have like a couple like smart outlets and stuff. So this is the thing. Uh, we've been talking about Alexa and the Echo all show long. Lauren Good has been running around looking at everything that uses Alexa. Uh, let's check it out right now. Amazon is everywhere at this year's CES, and the company is not even an official exhibitor. They're here through Alexa, their popular voice-controlled personal assistant that first had its home in the Amazon Echo speaker. Seriously though, Alexa is everywhere this year, but just because it's everywhere doesn't mean it works well everywhere. So Alexa is showing up in everything from copycat speakers to smart lights to connected fridges. Some of these are direct integrations, which means that Alexa's voice capabilities are built directly into that piece of hardware, and some of them still require some type of echo speaker in order for them to work. Put it this way, you can now look at your smart lights and order a pizza. So that's all fine and well inside of the home, but what's more interesting is Alexa outside of the home, where you don't have a stable Wi-Fi connection and where there's a lot of ambient noise. These $400 on-vocal headphones are supposedly the first headphones with Alexa built directly into them. Built directly in probably sounds like, it's just like walking around with an echo strapped to your head, but it's not exactly like that. You still need a cell connection, and it's not like you can just walk around shouting Alexa into your headphones. You actually need to press a physical button to get Alexa started. Alexa is showing up in other wearables as well, like this Martian smartwatch. But again, you have to press a physical button not once, but twice in order to get your question through to Alexa. And even then, you're probably not going to hear it very well through this tiny speaker that's built into the side of the watch. You're going to have to open the Mvoice app, which is Martian's app, in order to see the response. There are other things to consider too, like the fact that Alexa still isn't officially available outside of the US, and she's still not great at accents. Alexa, what is the nutritional value of avocados? Sorry, I didn't understand the question I heard. But there's no doubt that the person who stole the show this year is not even a person. It's an artificially intelligent virtual assistant who became a household name faster than you could say, hey Siri or okay Google. Even Amazon seems surprised by this. The company told me they were expecting around 35 to 40 Amazon integrations with products here at the show, and it turns out there are a lot more than that. And we're back. Yeah. Hello, and we have more people. Lauren Gibb is here. Hello. Hello. Uh, and then notable Verge trader uh, David Pierce is here. <laughs> yeah. How's it going? That's great. That's actually wired. on my business card. It's wired now. Notable, notable Verge trader yeah. David Pierce. Uh, so today I'm just going to ask you. Uh, we saw Lauren running around. We've been talking to Lauren about Alexa. Do you think Amazon's just going to win here? I think Amazon is winning by a mile at this point. I mean, it's it's we're early enough in this world where there's really nobody yet who 
has one, like you can't have built a lead big enough to be insurmountable at this point. Yeah. But right now Amazon is so far ahead just because they came out and said, you want to build stuff for this and a lot of it's going to be bad, go. Yeah. And, I'm going to disagree with that. Okay. Hey. Respectfully. Sure. Or disrespectfully. Sorry, I'm going to disrespectfully disagree with that. <laughs> well, in the sense, I, so I think Alexa is one of my favorite virtual assistants. I think that Amazon really nailed the ease of use and how user-friendly it is, and it works great in the home. But as we just kind of saw, outside of the home on mobile, which is huge, by the way, it's still By the way, David, not BTW. Is it a microphone problem, or is it that like fundamentally, when you're out in the world, you, your digital assistant needs to know your calendar and have your contacts and just be good at your personal data? Yeah, it's partly that. I mean, it's partly that. So let's look at the other virtual assistants really quickly too. Like obviously, there's Siri on iPhone, and then Google has all their stuff going on on Android phones and stuff like that. So they they already have the sort of mobile capabilities, and then anywhere else it goes from there. It's just sort of like, well, of course, that's going to extend to your watch, and of course, it's going to extend to your car and that's all going to happen. I mean, Alexa doesn't really exist on mobile, right? There's no Alexa mobile app that you can talk to and get an answer from. So Amazon actually is somewhat limited in that way as they're moving from in the house to outside of the house. They have to do all these direct integrations. voice control outside of your house? This is the thing I think about with Siri. It's like, in the they car. were there first. Yeah. Sure, I, I guess. But they were there first. Siri's in your car already, right, if you have a phone. The pickup on Siri is still pretty flat, oh, as yeah. far as I can tell. Yeah. But the thing but is, you want, it, you want it in all the places you can't use your phone. I just think your it's phone is perfectly sufficient everywhere you can use your phone. Right, but I just you think in your house, power. voice is actually turning out to be more powerful, because you, you maybe don't have your phone in your pocket in your house, right. and you just want to talk, and no one can hear you. You don't sound like an idiot being like, turn on the lights to like no <laughs> one. Right, outside of your house, you kind of have like the Bluetooth headset. But problem. if you're like out for a run, of course I don't run because that would be ridiculous. Lauren, is the only person uh, here I'm not healthy. a monster. <laughs> no, he's got a baseball bat. He's doing some sports He's not stuff. doing anything healthy. So here's my he's just threatening children. Here's my question with all this stuff that's getting Alexa built into it. Is there a danger for Amazon that some people are just making garbage products and it's going to hurt the Alexa brand because some of, the, some of these things are bad just because they're bad gadgets? And is that going to be a thing that is a danger that people are going to associate Alexa with like crappy products? Yes, I think that there's yeah, absolutely. A I mean, think about like the way Siri was five years ago. Like Siri now is really good, but nobody would what? believe, right? right? Siri was terrible for so long, and it's now digging out of this giant hole of people just thinking it sucks. And the awesome thing about the Echo was it's this like wonderful, magical thing that works the first time you use it, and then it's so fun that you want to keep doing it. But I think you're right. Like people are going to get these crappy smartwatches. You want to like go on the ride with the Echo and Alexa, right? Like you first get it, you play some music, you set a timer. That's all anybody does. And then you're like, oh, I bought a light switch, and I can say one thing to it and flip on the light switch. Oh, I bought the next thing, I can do one more thing. And you're like, you add these skills, and you incrementally, you like, you're cheering for it, you're rooting for it. Where Siri mostly just fails you. Well, but that's like, the thing, right? Because it because it worked. Because the first time you tried to do something, even if it was a tiny, pointless something, like it did that thing. Yeah. And then that's so cool. You want to do more and more complicated stuff. Whereas with Siri, you're like set an alarm, and she's like, "Do you want web searches for <laughs> lettuce?" And I'm like, "No, I don't. I'm never that's doing exactly this again." Yeah. But when you talk when you talk about predictive artificial intelligence, which is where this is actually all going, a company like Google is actually much better equipped to do the stuff you need, you, it, you want it to do because it has so much data on you. Like Amazon knows everything you've bought in the mm -hmm. past 10 right. years, and Amazon is going to essentially use some of that recommendation engine tech, and they're going to try to make Alexa more predictive, but the other companies are actually better positioned to do that. I think Amazon being the place where you already buy stuff 
That's what you want an assistant ultimately to do. You're like, I need something, and it has a credit card, and it buys the stuff, and it shows up at your door the next day. Dieter disagrees with me, but we are we'll super talk about out of time later. for this. <laughs> this has been a very hostile segment on the broadcast <laughs> <laughs> here live at CES. We'll be back with much more after this. Hey, we're here with the Dobby Pocket Drone. Easily folds up and fits into your average pair of pants. And if you want to take off, you don't have to find great terrain. Just launch it from the palm of your hand. Easy as that. Hey, we're back with one of the most ridiculous things I've seen here at CES 2017, and therefore one of my favorite things that I've seen I'm here. Just taking it. <laughs> like, this is, this is the Acer Predator 21X. Uh, it's been one of the most popular things we've written about this year. Uh, we now know that they've got it here at CES that's coming out in February, and it costs $9,000. $9, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a just an insane, ridiculous, massive uh, gaming Here's what laptop. I want you to know. Yeah, here we I go. I am currently holding the trackpad, but I can take it out. It still works over here. I can flip it over, and now it's a new uh, numeric keypad. <laughs> Wait, do you guys both fit at that computer? Yes. Oh, yeah, so it's, a, it's, it's a laptop for couples. Oh my oh. god! Oh, this is so romantic. In the curved screen wraps around you. It's got eye tracking sensors here. <laughs> uh, this thing is a monster truck. It looks completely I mean, insane. It's so big, it has its own my camera. Laptop, <laughs> we could fit two of my laptops on this thing. Uh, do you know that my number one theory in all of comedy is that uh -huh. big things are funny? I, yes. I disagree. This I is the biggest tiny thing. Things are tiny funny. things. What do you think this weighs? 50 pounds. Uh, no, 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 no. It's that's higher or lower? It's higher definitely lower. a lot. <laughs> it's 19.4 pounds. This thing is oh, okay. bonkers. So I we were talking earlier about curved displays in gaming. Yeah. I see why you want a curved display here. Yeah. I own a curved TV, a Samsung curved TV. It is yeah. the dumbest. Stupidest thing I've ever bought. You need to sit immediately in front of it and play yeah, Xbox. You can, yeah, uh, but this kind of like makes a lot of sense to me. It's a monster truck. This it looks makes sense to you? Yes. This the whole thing. As conceptually, aesthetically. You look like a villain, like you're plotting world domination behind that thing. That's how I should look at all times. I'm taking this back to the office. I'm loading up Chartbeat on it, and we're going to make The Verge fucking awesome together as a family. How's the keyboard? Is it like big The and keyboard's like big and mechanical. Uh, look at me. I'm just fucking really loud, though. It's I'm too just, loud. I'm just that's wrecking fools. You're, you're going to wake up Dieter. That's so rude. <laughs> I don't think you this guys... is about not being rude. Yeah. Like, fundamentally, as an idea, this is about being rude. So the one thing I don't know is the battery life, but I have to imagine it's about 20 minutes. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, like, it's you plug already, this thing in. It's already not doing well. There's this, like, glass panel up here. So we talked yesterday about how <laughs> a bunch of... has an hour left. It's at 90... <laughs> this is a prototype. We can't be too mean to yeah. it, but that's... We, that's we talked yesterday about how a bunch of, like, gaming laptops are, like gaudy and ostentatious and bad. Yeah. This is gaudy and ostentatious and good. Yeah. Right? Like in, in the sense that like Bigfoot as a car is not acceptable in society. <laughs> the gravedigger as a car is not <laughs> acceptable in society. But in their context, their platonic ideals I mean, are what they should be. If I were be. the kind of person that would roll into land parties and I rolled in with this thing. I mean <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> you would be the bell of the ball. I, I just keep looking at it and want it. I just want to know everything. I, I want it to talk to me about itself. I can yeah. see pretty well from over here, actually. Yeah. Like, Megan, would you, would you roll with this thing? I think that thing weighs more than I do. Yeah. I mean, it's not. Oh, it's we're not, not on the small. internet. I can't launch Diablo. Like, that's I think I would put totally that on and immediately right like, fall over. Playing Diablo on this would be the best. All right. Well, Dieter and I are going to stay pretty distracted with this. Megan, what's going on on Twitter? Um, yeah. So let's talk about Twitter polls. Uh, so earlier we asked you guys which smart home gadget from CES 2017 would you actually use? And we asked if you would use the fridge cam food tracker, the cat's pad smart cat feeder, 
the Smart Toothbrush, or the Ario Baby Cam. And overwhelmingly, the answer was Fridge Cam Food Tracker. Fridge Cam Food Tracker. Everybody wants to know what's going on in their fridge, which yeah. is totally fair. I, I want to keep track of all my things as they're going bad. I think we should have put this on the list, and everyone should have voted for this. No. I, I think so, too. I think we really messed up. I mean, I have to say, in a world where the MacBook Pro is disappointing because it doesn't offer enough, like, <laughs> performance. Thing eats MacBook Pro. This is 100% like the opposite of that problem. <laughs> okay, anyway, um, so we have another poll we're going to put up. Uh, question is, which new TV would you want on your wall from CES 2017? So the Hisense 100-inch laser TV, the Sony LED Bravia 4K TV, the Samsung QLED TV, or the LG Signature 4K HDR OLED. There are so many letters. So many letters. Yeah. So many letters. I'm exhausted. So. I think I know the answer to this question. I think no. we have different answers to don't, this question. We definitely don't spoil have different it. answers. Don't spoil yeah. it. That's super I mean, rude. you want WebOS on your, on your wall. I know you. I know yeah, where your heart lies. Uh, anyway, vote in the poll. Keep tweeting us at Verge. At Verge. At Verge. Send CS your, feed me your tasty tweets, please. Yeah. Is a hashtag. Now, I'm going to say, I'm going to let you behind the curtain. Literally, the only feedback I've gotten from the show from my wife is that she wants to see more Casey Newton. Uh, she doesn't care about me. She just wants more Casey. So we have that for you. And we have, with Casey, a celebrity. I'm not even going to ruin it. Yeah. Look, check this out right now. It's, it's amazing. Here we go. It's happening. <laughs> We are here at CES uh, 2017 with Nick Offerman, and Nick, you are here uh, with a device like no other, I'm told. It's from American Greetings, and it's sleek, comes in several different models. It's a goddamn greeting card. <laughs> I'm astonished by this technology, and it comes with a custom stylus as well. It's a number two pencil. Wow. Nick, you are well known for your role on Parks and Rec. We thought we'd do a little Parks and Tech. Uh, but without any parks. Uh, so uh, maybe we can take a look. I call that a bitchin' segue. Thank you very much. This is uh, the Profix, which is a smart toothbrush, and it has a video camera in it. So you tap this button here, and then it will uh, take pictures of the inside of your mouth, which you can then share with your dentist or, uh, or a loved one. The thing that occurs to me is it's gonna make it really hard to get away with the age-old prank of putting someone's toothbrush in your butt. <laughs> right. This is Mars, and it's a levitating speaker, and we're now rocking out to some royalty-free music. It's definitely dope, as uh, my young friends would say. I just want to get a hockey stick and... Uh, Tee off. Yeah, I mean... This is iPal. It is a companion robot for children and the elderly. It, it, there's a tickling function in this robot. That's as uh, Let's see if yeah. it responds to spanking. Oh, any spankings? No. This is the E-Motor Go, a fully collapsible scooter-like electric vehicle. What could go wrong? <laughs> this is dope. This is Nick Offerman. Take your time. Thank you for having me. It's been most enlightening. <laughs> Well, that was ridiculous. That, that beard. The beard. I'm really. The, like he got the retired beard. And it stares back at you. Yeah. yeah. I, I love it. I do like the fact that he broke a couple times and laughed at the absurdity of CES. Yeah, you have to. Uh, we're <laughs> it's gonna, the only way to survive. We're going to do that ourselves, I think. We're going to laugh at the absurdity of CES when the Verge cast continues after this break. This week at CES, Audi and NVIDIA partnered up to help Audi's cars learn how to drive better using artificial intelligence. Lucky for us, there's this huge parking lot across the street from the convention center, and we're going to check it out. 
So I'm here in an Audi Q7 with NVIDIA artificial intelligence self-driving hardware and software. All right, let's take it away. And so what they've built is this small track. It's almost peanut shaped and it's got a couple of different driving environments in it. Uh, one is this uh, half circle here with lines painted on the road for the car to navigate. And then as it heads around these two curves, it goes onto a gravel section and then sort of an artificial grass section and then an area without any lines. So it's a bunch of different environments for the car to navigate. And then as it goes around this corner, sometimes they'll take this giant construction sign and put it in the car's way where it used to be able to go without any problem. And so then the car has to look at that sign, decide what to do, and avoid it. The interesting thing about this car is that it's using NVIDIA's artificial intelligence machine learning technology, which is a lot of fancy buzzwords to say that the car learns how to drive like a human would. It learned by watching people drive it around. And it only had about four days of training. They were out here just driving it around this course. And it's a pretty simple course, but if it encounters an unexpected situation, the car needs to know how to deal with it. And with the machine learning, they can do that in a much faster way than needing to program for every single circumstance that I might run into. For a transportation reporter, it's a little hard to believe that this was my first ride in a self-driving car, but it was totally normal. The wheel turned and we went around the corners and it was fine. I didn't feel unsafe at all. It wasn't unnerving. Getting on a highway with traffic might be a little different, but if this is the future, I'm all in. Hey, and we're back and we got a special guest. Mike Fasulo, president and COO of Sony Electronics, is here. He brought us some toys to play with. How's your CS going? It's going great. Yeah. It is going just great. Yeah. Sony's got a new booth this year. It's like the most exciting thing. I love the old booth. The new booth's really cool. But architecture aside, <laughs> what do you got on the table here for us? All right. So let me, let me set it up. We introduced over 25 products at this CES, and each and every one of them stand on their own merits. Yeah. But a couple of things we're, we're trying to do as well as the individual products is have them interconnect or work with others or work with some other platforms, whether it's Google Home or yeah. Alexa. You guys or, are pretty or heavy into the Google side of things, right? Your TVs well, are on TVs Android. are all Android, Android yeah, TVs, yeah. and uh, Google Home is also compatible with, with our TVs and with a number of other um, items that we have. Yeah. But also Alexa, we're working with uh, Amazon and Echo, Echo oh, as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're trying to come up with choice, right? Customer choice. Mm -hmm. Make it fun, make it exciting, solve for those, solve for those pain points. Yeah. So, so these are... Um, but you gotta have fun too, yeah. right? So this one here is is our mini soundbar. It's the uh, CT300, okay. and it comes with a wireless subwoofer yeah. that you can fit underneath a sofa. Why is oh, it wow. beige? It comes in multiple colors. Okay. This one happens to be beige. It comes in black as well. So, so I've, I've had, I used to have a Sony soundbar that was like a giant hexagon that was like this big. Sounded yeah. awesome. Yeah, so is, is the idea that you can get, like it's supposed to be able to put out that much sound or is this like I have a small apartment, I don't want to destroy my neighbors? Like what's the story It's here? more for, for lifestyle size. The sound is right. still phenomenal. Okay. Sound is still phenomenal. Yeah. Um, these look like a new noise canceling headset. I'm going to get to those because yeah. in a minute you're going to need these. Okay. But um, th this is, this is a, a, a new wireless speaker line yeah. and it comes in various colors and, and it's really you know meant to be great quality sound but also be a lot of fun so let me, let me play let me play some music so not only is it happening but you can't see it but the audience 
can see there's strobe lights in the front, and it's it's blaring out strobes. You could daisy chain ten of these. Yeah. Ten of these, right? So, you know, sleeping babies and parents are gonna just hate. <laughs> The audience can't see is our audio guy back there just burst into tears. <laughs> <laughs> so sleeping babies and parents are gonna hate me. But can I ask you a question? Yeah. Why did you change the branding from Mega Base to Extra Base? Extra Base, it's got. Well, extra I know, but base. you had Mega Base, which is one of those dominant it's all about base extra. related brands which in the is world. More, mega or Extra? Extra. Okay. <laughs> That's the right answer. Right answer. 2017, it's extra. <laughs> and, and the model is XB. Extra okay. bass. There, there you go. You got to do some like throwback classic Sony Mega Bass stuff. There you go. It's a free idea for you. All right. So yeah, now let's move on to this. Yeah. So everyone's partying. This, by the way, we call the portable party. Okay. Okay. The portable party. We can connect ten like of them together. It's just designed yeah. to appeal so, to me. Does it, do, they, yeah. do they connect over Bluetooth or some? Mysterious yeah, it's all protocol? it's Bluetooth. Okay. It's yeah. uh, NFC. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So it's very simple, touch and go. So while the kids are partying and yeah. the parents are freaking out, they put on these noise canceling headphones. Yeah. And these are the 1000X. These just came to market. Yeah. They are the best, the very best noise canceling headphones. Yeah. But they've got some really cool features on them. One is they've got an ambient sound feature. Yeah. So you're wearing it on your head, and you're talking to me. If yeah. I hold my hand to my right ear cup, yeah. I can hear your voice. Oh, so it turns off you the just music. Hold your hand up to it. Yeah. yeah. All you have to do is hold it. It's great on airplanes because yeah. the flight attendants yell at you. Yeah. yeah. What do you want to drink? <laughs> I can hear you just fine. I'll just yeah. take a diet. Well, they yell at me right. if I'm not wearing noise canceling headphones. Yeah. <laughs> I just. Uh, I gotta say, also beige. Yeah, well, I wanted year. it to match the, the speaker, <laughs> but it comes in black. Okay, comes in black, black as well. It also has a really interesting function on here that um, is an optimizer. Yeah. So if you wear glasses, you have long hair, you have short hair, you know, you have facial hair. Yeah. You push the optimizer button, and it forms the earphone. Oh wow. To your ear, huh. so it keeps out all the noise, and you don't get fatigue. How much do these cost? These are three ninety nine. Yeah, and you're going right up against the Bose Quiet Comfort kind of thing. You think These you're way better than those? These are the very best. All right, all right. I believe you. And then the uh, the functions for up and down music or yeah. changing tracks. Oh, right cool! The swipes. Yeah. So you just swipe up and down, left and right. Very cool. And those are available right now, right? These are available right now. Cool. And the other stuff is coming. This this will be available in March, April. Okay, you got we got a little secret all here. Right. And, then, and then I want to talk to you about TVs. I want to make sure you're talking about TVs. It's all about TVs. <laughs> this is um, a little a literal prototype. Yeah. And these will be out in the fall. And they're what we're calling true wireless. So they're two earbuds. Okay. Make sure so you guys are getting into that. this game now. They're true earbuds. Yeah. yeah. And you can know, I, can I hold one of them? You most certainly yeah. may. Yeah. Okay. So the, they got uh, a little they got a, a little thing so they come down as their I imagine a microphone's up down there. Oh sure. Yeah. yeah, it works with iPhone. So do you control with these with taps or anything, or like? Yeah, you'll have functions right on them. Okay. And then the the case has a power charger built in. Sure. Okay. So you just plug and yeah. you're charged and ready to go. What do you think about the fact that like a year ago we were like, oh man, I really wish these would exist, and now they're just everywhere. Apple tools making them braggy. Like it's, it seems like yeah. everywhere you go, there's these wireless earbuds. Was there some? You know, magic trick that happened. That everybody figured it out. Like, why? Why is it taking so long? And, and why do you think they all hit at once? Well, I don't think there's a magic trick, but, yeah. I, but I do think that there's choice, right? So right. We, we make, we make over the ear, we make on the ear, we make in the ear, mm -hmm. we make sports, and now we're going to true, true wireless. And we have a whole lot of 
a wireless yeah. as well. Yeah. Do you think Bluetooth is ready for this? I mean, the, the whole back, as far as I can tell, Bluetooth's been like. It's had to get developed over time. It's we're, it's ready. We're ready. Yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> when's this thing coming out? That'll be out in the fall. In the yeah. fall? Do you have actually, a price I'm, yet or no? Actually, I'm supposed to say that'll be out in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first in Merchcast. <laughs> the fall. <laughs> do you have a price? Do you have a price? I do not. Yeah. Okay, so we. But I it'll know. be very reasonable and. That's very exciting. I, I like the. So you're going to be competitive with AirPods, you think? We're going to be competitive. I like it. There it is. Uh, all right. So you very wearily said it's all about TVs. <laughs> I mentioned it earlier, but we got to do it. We're very excited. About so it. I'm for very years, excited about it. For years and years and years, there's been rumors about Sony doing OLED. You made a little OLED, the XCL one. Uh, I, I you demoed remember it. Everything. I remember Man. everything. Dude, I'm a Sony fanboy for life. Uh, old school. Um, but that was the first OLED. And then you walked away from it. You did LCDs. You're back now. Big news of the show is Sony went OLED. You're at the top of the market. What's, where's the switch coming from? So, so there's a couple things going on. One, one again, is, is choice because mm -hmm. there is a difference when you're looking at OLED and, and LCD. But the second is yield. So we've been making OLED on a professional side, mm -hmm. studio reference monitors for years. I mean, they are the reference standard in the studio, 30-inch monitor. But for consumer consumption and for larger screens and scale of production, um, it's taken time for the panels to get to that point. Yeah. And, and that was really more of the holdout than any, anything else. Mm -hmm. um, now that it's at a, a point of quality and scale, uh, yes, we're jumping in this year. Yeah. We announced our new A1 series, uh, which is just you know 8 million self-illuminated pixels. Yeah. And then you add to it our proprietary technology, the picture is just stunning. Right. Stunning. I mean, you have to see it to believe it. But it, it actually has many more features than that. You know, the technology is, is phenomenal, and it's the same technology we used in our Z-series. The Z-series yeah. we announced early, earlier this year, mm -hmm. which is still the, the reference standard okay. in the consumer television, television market. But with the OLED, uh, we could do some neat things. So it's half inch thin, mm -hmm. right? And we're calling it the standless television. Yeah. So when you look at it straight on, you, you see nothing but screen. Mm -hmm. There's no stand. Everything is all in the little no, tripod in the, the back there. There's no, there's no stand, there's no speakers. Behind it, there's, there's a little casing mm -hmm. that harnesses all the wires. Yeah. So you'll see no wires either. Yeah. So it's, do you think there's headroom in the TV market? Do you think you can drive another, with 4K HDR and OLED, you can drive another big re refresh cycle like you did with the flat Absolutely. panels? This, Absolutely. you think this is the year? Because we've been hearing about it for a long time. Well, last year was a, was a great year for 4K yeah. UHD. This year, 4K UHD with HDR. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you're gonna, we're going to have compound rates year on year at least for the next three, four years. Remember when HD transitioned, everybody changed their television. Mm -hmm. yeah. So now we're getting to a natural refresh cycle. But here, here's the coolest thing yeah, yeah, about yeah. those OLED, yeah, okay. about our OLED yeah, yeah. television. There are no speakers. Right. The sound literally comes out of the screen. Yeah, it's really cool. And then you get a little sound bar, and then you get your wireless headphones, <laughs> and you let up the other one, you put it on the cans, and it's all over the place. All right. <laughs> That's great. You got to work on the space thing, though. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for My coming. Pleasure. You know I love having you on this show every year at CS. We'll be back right after this with more Vergecast Live. This phone has a molecular sensor. This phone's from Cheng Hong, it's called the H2, and it's got this sensor from Sio that scans molecules. It's basically infrared, sees how molecules are moving around, and then it can basically determine what's going on. Uh, so like you can check your Viagra to see if it's fake, 
You can check your drink to see if there's alcohol in it. You can check your strawberries to see which one's sweeter. Uh, it's kind of crazy. And then it's literally inside of a mobile phone. So there's a lot of ways to use this SIO sensor. It can measure a lot of different things, but one of them is, is kind of like the sugar content of something. So you need to pick which fruit you're gonna scan. So I'm gonna scan an apple. And I'll just put the sensor right on it. Scan. I want you to guess at home which of these is gonna be sweeter. Now that's a pretty good, pretty good apple. Above good. Let's look at this red one. So that one's a bit over good. I think this one's supposed to be sweeter. I'm not a picky eater, but I think I have a very discerning palate, so I'm gonna see what I think. That's a very sweet apple. They both rated pretty sweet. Oh yeah, this one's way sweeter. This app's a lot different. We're gonna measure Viagra pills to see which one's real, which one's fake. This app can also measure meats, for water-injected meat or for alcohol content and drinks. We're going for pills. So let's put this over here. Bam, got it again. Okay, what, one more thing. We're gonna scan my body fat. It's gonna be really embarrassing. Who knows? Maybe I'm great. Maybe I'm just the best at body fat. So I'm gonna have to scan my bicep. There's the directions right here. So let's put this right here. Please be good. Please be a good one. Whoa, 27% average. I've done this four other times. It was always above average, but this time when we got it on tape, I'm completely average, a very healthy individual. Thank you, Sayo. What a great molecular sensor, I think. Uh, wow. I don't know how I feel about that phone. That <laughs> but anyway, Paul Miller's here, Ashley Carmen's here, Sugar Breaker Crew. Yeah. In effect, that phone yeah. is terrifying. It's, it's amazing. It's the future. I cannot believe that works. It's basically a tricorder. Yeah. But uh. a terrifying tricorder that makes you feel bad about your body. Apparently, I'm almost most, only mostly fat. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need to see something slightly less terrifying and slightly more whimsical. Yeah, how about you, adorable? You you, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Oh my <laughs> God. How much time I have, I'm going to teach Neil how to play I'm ready. the ukulele. Oh so this is a smart ukulele. Yeah, I've got an app. Fair. He knows how to play guitar. No, yeah, a ukulele is like a guitar, but upside down. Okay, okay, I'm gonna teach you four chords. Are you, <laughs> ready? Are you ready? Yeah, this that shows you know something. <laughs> All right, right. D, D, look, see, look, I, I pushed D, and now D is lit up there, see? Yeah. Oh my God, really? There you go, it D. It just lights up the chords? Are you confident that you have D? I'm pretty confident I have D. All right, here's A. Yeah. There you go. All right, now C. When is this thing gonna make me play Ode to Joy? C. This is the Populaly. This is pretty awesome. No, that's not. No, that's not G. I mean, when that's is it coming out? Super not G. G. Do G. I am doing G. Uh, I'm following the lights, oh man. Oh gosh. What is this crazy chord? Ukulele people are crazy. G. Just do a D. Just do a D. I've actually identified this special bug in this where if I do four chords, where it doesn't tell you how to do a G. <laughs> <laughs> do like a D shape. A real D shape. Okay. I like a guitar D. There's G. Okay, okay. So, so start on D. So go, go, go like D, D, D. And this then is the worst demo in the a, history of television. A, a. Wow. Where's A again? Uh, Why is what it? up? What up? All right. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, Paul, you're great. a terrible teacher. Okay. See? You're just okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to light up, man. I'm trying to get him to play photograph. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. I, if you, if, I so want, are they making an actual bad. guitar that does this? Or just they so already make a guitar. There's already a, another company makes a guitar called okay. Fretlight. But they, they, these guys make pop pop guitar, which is a guitar like this, and yeah. then this is their new one, Populaley. Okay. It's gonna be about like $130. Can this teach me how to play Love in the Club by Usher? I the hope so. Song I hope so. Played on it. Okay. Wow. That was embarrassing. That's the plan. But I'm here That's for the you. Plan. I really like that thing. Ashley, what you got? Yeah. Okay. There's a lot uh, to live up to here. Oh man. I love that Ashley always has to pull it out from. Yeah. Why don't I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what I. Also, I think I'm set up for failure. Really tiny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my arms are so short. This desk is so high. What is, what is that on here? <laughs> okay. Wow. I have more speakers. Yeah, more speakers. Right. More speakers. Um, wow. These are. look really mean. Yeah. So show this here. These are modular speakers. Okay. Um, they're from this company called iFi from Sweden. Everyone loves and Sweden. And they are on sale in the U.S. now. I'm going to show you guys you how like they work. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Your passcode is. It's, I used to be a cybersecurity reporter. That's true, Ashley was, was a cybersecurity like Okay, so. <laughs> All right, I'm going to play some royalty free music for us. I have no <laughs> idea what this is going to be. Has any party, oh, no, party ever started better than I'm going to play some royalty free music for us? <laughs> I have to light them up because they turned off. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, not my oh, demo. No. So, so anyway, so you light them up, you start playing, and what you clip them together, and they, they all go. Yeah. So they here we go. Yeah. I like Zod. the club feel already. Yeah. So basically, Good. you can continue stacking. What's really interesting about these is on the on the sides and on the top and on the bottom because you can stack from on the side uh -huh. and on the top. They communicate over infrared, so they're transferring data and oh. sound, which oh, is man. how they adjust. Oh, for look, stereo. entire technology built on IR blasting. So, yes! It's my favorite. The entire technology built on IR blasting. <laughs> so I'm an I'm a old school tech reporter, so I used to use Palm Pilots, and they used to like transfer contacts with mm -hmm. infrared, and so the fact that these are using infrared to communicate with each other makes me deeply happy. Wow, we're yeah. having opposite reactions. All right, light up some royalty-free jams. I'm trying so I'm hard. I'm ready for some... I feel like they're just not really working with me right now. I'm trying. Right. You, want to check you work on this. What's yeah, I'm working on yeah. this. This is level. This is kind of like a... It's not necessarily for Consumers, it's like a, more of a medical device or yeah. for like a medical professional. It's a, it's another judgy, judgy thing. <laughs> it's uh, okay. Right, I'm trying to remember well. how to do this. Okay, first I got to pick a mode so you can have like multiple what, users synced what, what up. What are you doing? What's in there? I can't. You're gonna find out. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a breath. Okay. What is happening? Just, okay. Wait, did you, should you have like taken a shot first? No. Okay, put the thing back in. Oh, take off the straw. There we go. All right, it's judging me. This is going to tell me how well I'm burning fat. Two. two. What does that it's mean? Kind two. of low. What does that even mean? I what feel is like all I've gotten from you today is like we're so this, fat and we can't play the ukulele. This measures the acetone. I'm not doing great. Paul. It measures the acetone in your breath to like know how like active your metabolism oh, okay. is right now. Is there now. real science behind this? There's like yeah, a lot of stuff to show. FDA That's approved. What I really, or, Do you believe uh, the FDA? FDA well, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I don't know where to look. They're all around. <laughs> but I, I, think, I think the nice thing is we come to this show, we see kind of crazy stuff that makes high claims, and then like yeah. we have a science section at The Verge, and I love those people because they can like dig into the real science of this. But right. as far as I know, this is a real thing. This is, yeah. can be measured from your breath, how well you're burning So how fat. do you act on this? You just feel work bad harder. about yourself? Work harder. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, like, you I'm a two right now. I need to start jogging. Get it up to a three. This is okay. mostly for doctors, you think? Not. Yeah, it's like it's like it's only available in Seattle right now. It's like two hundred dollars per month to have this. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's um, it's got a nano sensor in it. How much does that thing cost? Two hundred dollars per month. How much is a ukulele? Hundred and fifty, hundred thirty, somewhere. I gotta say, that. ukulele is a better. Yeah. Self-esteem. I mean, you buy the ukulele. Cutting you guys off royalty for this. Eventually, no. wait. If this works. How are you doing over there? We can see if it's going. Oh, it's playing. Hey, royalty-free music. That's there what we've we always wanted. Yes. So okay, now, if you stack cool. them, is it going to play through? Yeah. So if I stack them, I'm just trying to turn it up louder. All right. Well, if I stack these, in theory, they would work. Yeah. But you know. <laughs> Look, it's yes, it's prototypes. How much yeah. are those things? Two hundred ninety-nine dollars for each one. Per? Yes. Wow. There, there we go. go. There we go. Okay. Oh, man. So like staffing. Staffing. Okay, so they're colored. Okay. And then you put them together. You can stack them anywhere you want. Yeah, so you can go side to side, and they automatically adjust their sound. Also, it's like to get stereo separation. Exactly. Yeah. That's that music what makes me feel like I'm in a really high end band or public. It's like a chill yeah. band. Yeah. All right, Megan. Okay, we got to end this. Megan, how's it going on Twitter? Uh, pretty good. I've got some questions for you guys, actually. Oh, boy. Uh, so, the Justin Paul wants to know, what is the biggest talk of CES this year? The biggest what? Talk. The biggest talk. It's Alexa. I mean, it's Alexa. It's got to be Alexa. It's, uh, everywhere we go, people are talking about Alexa. And that question we were talking about with uh, uh, Lauren and David, like, is Amazon just going to win? Yeah. That's All right. Okay, well, that was a quick answer. All right, we got another one. Okay. Uh, what is the ugliest gadget you've seen so far at CES 2017? Bob Hogg wants to know. I'm going to turn it over to the Circuit Breaker team for that one. Yeah. I will say that you guys were touching, talking about that touchscreen. Yeah. It was like a really ugly prototype. Like, I've seen, yeah. you know? So it's like Actually, it's, I saw an even uglier prototype of a haptic touchscreen that was at uh, the very first uh, at CES Unveiled here. Mm -hmm. And instead of having just a case, it was like a bad 3D printed case, and you could see all the 3D printing lines. Uh, yeah, rough. whenever you so, see something 3D printed, you're just like, yeah. yeah. There's something special to me yeah. seeing like some of the coolest tech I've seen in this show just look like garbage on a table. Yeah, <laughs> right, because it's all prototypes. What are you? Yeah, I saw a 3D printed tea, smart tea bag. <laughs> I don't fully understand. It was supposed to tell you how long to steep your tea, oh, which sounds really useful, sense. but it was 3D printed, and I was just like, I don't know what to do with this cube. Yeah. I gotta say, it's well, been really fun having Circuit Breaker at the show. Like, we started yeah. Circuit Breaker this year. Right? Yeah. You two have like let it off in the space, gadget we space. We saw Alexa coming a long time ago. Uh, but it's fun, to, it's fun to have like our gadget team here and like be excited about gadgets because the yeah. show's all about gadgets. So it's been fun to have you guys here. Uh, uh, speaking of gadgets, uh, you might know that GoPro had a tough year. Yeah, they the drones kind of fell out of the sky. Yeah. Ben Popper hung out with the CEO of GoPro, Nick Woodman. Check it out. Hey everybody, it's Ben Popper with The Verge here at CES 2017. I'm about to sit down for an exclusive interview with Nick Woodman, founder and CEO of GoPro. We're going to talk about why they had to recall their Karma drone. Tell me about uh, what you think you know, went wrong and how you fixed that and you're bringing it back. Well, I think the world was expecting uh, it to be a much more complicated issue than it really was. And um, in the end we had a mechanical issue related to the battery uh, retention mechanism. So during flight, vibration would cause uh, a small number of the batteries to vibrate loose from their connector, not fall out of the drone, but just back out of its um, mount just enough so that the drone would lose power. Um, very disappointing, but it wasn't something particular to drone technology that the team failed to figure out. It was, it was a mechanical battery retention clip. We're back, and we have Ben Popper here, who hey uh, is, uh, you know, the drone expert, if you haven't noticed. And 
Wait, so I'm just gonna get Man. right into it. So I, yeah, that so that, yeah. <laughs> the, the, like real life Shruggy yeah. is amazing. Uh, I heard him say like you could just like tape the battery into place and the drone would be fine. He wanted to say I, that I, this was a small mechanical issue, you know, right. that the team did great and that people said they bit off more than they can chew, but it was a huge success, which is a weird thing to say when you have yeah. to recall your product so, it's <laughs> because it's falling out of the there sky. There is one tiny benefit of the doubt that I can maybe give him. I'm not saying I believe that it was just this small issue, but. Uh, man, every Vergecast, I go deep palm nerd stuff. Do it. That's why we're uh, here. The original Palm Pilot almost was a huge failure because the first batch was failing intermittently. And they couldn't figure out why, and they finally figured out that they tested it. It tested fine at the factory, and then it would fail three months later or a month later before it shipped because the springs and the batteries compressed and didn't re-expand, so the batteries would jiggle in the Palm Pilot. And the original Palm Pilot lost all its memory when the batteries yeah. were disconnected. So like. Really simple things on really complicated electronics can burn you all the time. Yeah. But I'm not saying that's like, the, somehow this still feels insufficient to me. Well, I mean, I think he's right, but what he's describing is the symptom, not the cause. Like right. the way they designed it, they put this big gimbal in the front and that makes the whole thing vibrate a lot, which is why <laughs> the battery shakes loose, right? right? Right. And so it's just weird, it's like, you didn't really, people said you couldn't make a drone, then you named it Karma, and then it fell out of the sky. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe they're gonna do another one, he said, they're gonna make a second drone, maybe they'll call it like Hubris or something. <laughs> I don't know. I good, uh, yeah. Uh, do you think they can bounce back from this? Right, I mean, it's like a big question. Well, I hope so. As a drone reporter, I want an American company that can compete with DJI, and I think he said one thing which is interesting. You know, I think the consumer market is totally overbuilt, I said that yesterday, yeah. and I think it's due for kind of a bust. And when that happens, I think GoPro has the brand, right? right? They've got the shelf space, they've got the action sports sort of like people. I think if they can get it right the second time, they can make a comeback and be a player. Yeah. If it falls out of the sky again, I think, yeah. you know, we're done. I have an insane idea. It's based on literally nothing. So just take this for it is. Just okay. me being, you know, you don't know I'm drinking this mug. <laughs> I think Snapchat should buy GoPro. Whoa. Whoa. I, think, I think that those are the worlds that should collide. You know, I, I don't did think pitch Snapchat flying spectacles. That was something we talked about. Think about so it. It could yeah. happen. Uh, check it out. We got more Casey Newton doing crazy things with celebrities. Hung out with Mr. Charles Barkley. Check it out. So we're here with Charles Barkley, and uh, is this your first CES? We've been here before. No, we did it here last year. We did it here last year. I mean, technology is amazing. Yeah. What, what did you say? Like, did you pick up anything that made you say, like, wow, I would actually bring this to my house? Uh, I'm fascinated by the Robux. I'm fascinated by the TVs, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. They got this one I saw called the wallpaper that is so thin. Yeah. So what I might do is get me one of these really skinny televisions and get me one of these robots to keep breaking me beer. <laughs> well, one of the big trends we've seen at the show this year is voice control. I wonder, like, do you have an Amazon Echo at your house or anything that you're you're talking with to do stuff for you? I do have a, uh, the Echo. Yeah, what do you think uh, about it? I think it's amazing. Yeah. Like, obviously, when I'm traveling a yeah. lot, I ask for the weather in most places. Yes. Yeah. Does it make you feel like you, like, do you want to do voice control for more stuff? Does that feel like the wave of the future to you, just being uh, able to say, hey, this is I think Americans are lazy <laughs> enough. Let's don't get, let's not make it. Let's stop making stuff that well, we can just sit on our fat asses all the time. That's right. <laughs> We've been talking a lot about cars on the show this week at CES, and I want to take a minute to go a little deeper in a segment we call Let's Be Clear. One of the biggest and most important technologies coming to the world in the next five years is self-driving cars. Whether it's full-on automation that turns your ride into a living room on wheels, or just a bunch of tech that helps you drive better and safer. Self-driving isn't just random tech industry nonsense, it's one of the most important technologies currently in the works. Driving is way harder and riskier than we ever really think about. Tens of thousands of people die in traffic accidents every year, 
Having smarter cars can move us around more carefully will literally save lives. But let's be clear, the big rewards from self-driving and assisted driving come with some big costs as well. All this requires tons of data, and we haven't really talked about who can collect and share that data and how that data can be used when things go wrong. Here's an example. One of the big trends in driver assistance at CES this year is monitoring drivers with cameras. NVIDIA's system has a camera that can tell when you've had too much to drink. Honda's Emotion Engine can read your body language, and Toyota's Concept Eye can detect when you're not paying attention. That's all great, but cars are some of the most private spaces in our lives. Having cameras constantly monitor us in that space raises a bunch of questions. Who keeps all that data safe? If you get into an accident, will all that video be used against you? If the car's AI takes over while you're driving and makes a mistake, are you still responsible? Insurance companies already offer lower rates if you put a data collection device in your car. Are they going to start to demand access to video of you actually driving to pay out claims? This might sound silly, but some of it's already happening. Tesla's cars record a ton of data, and Tesla isn't shy about sharing that data when a Model S gets into an accident. Now, I'm ridiculously excited about self-driving cars, but we shouldn't let their enormous benefits keep us from asking where all that data is going, because I guarantee you we're not going to like the answer if we never ask the question. We'll be right back. And we are back. Yeah, we have I think we're back. Casey Newton and Lauren Good at the table. But before we talk to you schmucks, we're going to talk to <laughs> Finally, a little Casey Fire thrown right back at him. Where's my bat when I need it? <laughs> Megan, what's going on on Twitter? So I have the results of our final poll. If right. you guys are ready. Uh, so earlier we asked, which new TV would you want on your wall? And we had the Hisense 100-inch laser TV, the Sony LED Bravia 4K TV, Samsung QLED TV, or the LG Signature 4K HD OLED, which is the longest name in the world, and also the winner. So, yeah, it had to be the Sony. Of course yeah. it was the Sony. You think Vergecast people aren't going to pick the one that runs Android? Yeah. I, hey, man, well, I'm not here to predict. I'm just here to re read the results. That's all. <laughs> I went out, and uh, it was hard for me to say which one looked better, because yeah. the way that everybody lights their booths, is, it's impossible to tell. Yeah. Everything's cranked up to the max. But Sony made its, look a, made its look a little bit better than LG's did, I think. Yeah. Um, but I like the LG, and I am, again, on record as saying, take the TV gets out, put it in the sound bar. Yeah. Totally fine with and that. And have it run WebOS with a smart assistant called the Bean Bird. And then, you know, just mount it to the wall and watch your dignity just fly away <laughs> on the wings of a Bean Bird. I love the Bean Bird. <laughs> Who doesn't love fucking Bean Bird? Bean Bird's anyway, Megan, what else is going on Twitter? Any good tweets? Uh, I think that's kind of it for now. All right, well, this yeah, is your last chance. There. We're coming up. <laughs> Sorry, we're coming guys. Up. Thanks a lot. We're coming up on the end of the show at CES. Hit up Megan at Verge. CES2017 is the hashtag. We're gonna get into some best of CES stuff. Here. Yeah, it's time for the best. We're gonna we're we're actually gonna blow up our own spot because the uh, the piece where we name all 20, 21 of our best of CES isn't going up. I think till later. Yeah, but we're gonna pre-announce some here of them here. Not now. all twenty, just a few. Okay, our favorites. Do you want to start with the most hyped? Let's start with most hyped. Most hyped. The most hyped thing at CES was AI. AI. So he, James Vincent wrote a thing. I think he got himself in a little trouble with some very angry companies. Oh, the companies uh, were super pissed. James was like, none of this is actually AI, yeah. right? It's like pattern matching. It's collecting a bunch of data. It's doing, it's like anything with an algorithm is now AI. I heard this word. This is a washing machine with an artificial intelligence engine. That's, That's what we're looking what at. What does that mean? Right? What does it do? It means nothing. Does it wash uh, my clothes for me? It sounds uh, good, Without though. me having it to sounds, take them in. It sounds great. Yeah, it, it doesn't do anything for you. <laughs> right. It makes no sense. Uh, I think we saw... What was it? Xiaomi was on stage and said the TV had big data in it. Yeah. Oh. Casey, you're my yeah. go-to on nonsense trends. Yes. 
<laughs> what and, do the millennials and, think of AI? <laughs> well, I mean, AI is just becoming one of those words that has expanded to encompass almost anything that a company wants it to be. And in a way, I, I do think it's sad that it has just become a meaningless marketing term. It kind of reminds me of like, you know, 4G, yeah. right? Like before, but but when it, it almost meant something. It almost meant something. Yeah, and so does AI. It, it and so does AI. AI, AI, AI almost too. means something, yeah. right? right? It means that you're using some kind of algorithm to uh, maybe personalize a piece of technology towards you, to learn something over time. But the reality is you can't get real AI in a toothbrush, at least not now. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and so it's been kind of silly this year watching that just play out. It's, there, it's, a, it's, a comp, it's an even more complicated term, obviously, than 4G. Mm -hmm. And these companies are abusing that complication. If there's a little bit of fuzziness and people have a debate about it, they take that debate and they, in bad faith, just call anything AI because there's no one set definition of AI. Right, and second to that is probably machine learning, which yeah. is very intertwined with AI yeah. because one really sort of doesn't exist without the other, but machine learning is being thrown around a lot and that is, at the end of the day, very fancy math. You could literally say these companies could literally stand up there and be like, and we're using math to make this smart. <laughs> I would love that. And it that. would still be true. If Google was like, you know what? It would be more We're better at people. math than Microsoft. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like the sickest perk. You are welcome for the idea, Google. Like, I just want to like, just be very direct. Like, yes. you are bad at math. Right. We're very good at math. Right. You should buy a Google It's home. hard math. <laughs> okay, very hard. Uh, but, so I, the question for me is like, is this just the goalposts keep moving? Right, like if I floated an Amazon Echo back to the 80s and was like, look at this thing. People were like, it's, it's a robot. It's artificially intelligent. Alexa, play me Rick Springfield. Yeah. Well, the 80s. Yeah, the 80s. I was going to say. That's, that's all anybody yeah. wanted that to say. That is the 80s. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Oh, Rick Springfield is like forever. Like, it's, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's just a long time. You know, but, uh, so here's yeah. the problem. Okay. Here's the problem. So uh, when uh, the average person hears AI, artificial intelligence, they think of uh, the uh, AI from her, right? The Scarlett Johansson character. It can have a conversation with you. It's emotional. It learns. It feels like a real human being, right? Um, but we're nowhere near that. And we're several insane breakthroughs away from that ever being a possibility. But in the meantime, Machine learning has advanced to the point where we can do some cool stuff that we've never been able to do before, particularly with computer vision, yeah. right? Anything that involves pattern recognition, we're getting really good at. And there are some cool innovations around that. But there's such an enormous gap between that and AI in the popular imagination that my fear is that AI is just going to become meaningless jargon. People will hear it. They'll stop believing it because they're going to pick up that toothbrush and they're going to realize it's not doing anything for them that their last toothbrush wasn't. Yeah, except telling you that you're fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's true. Uh, that's, that's, what, that's what every gadget here does. You're bad at the ukulele and you should start running. Uh, best laptop. Let's get into it. Uh, the X, Dell XPS 2-in-1. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to say I have this. lots of feelings about We've this. We've broken this category into two. Best yes. laptop and best Chromebook. Right. But let's stick with best laptop. Why, right. why, why the XPS? Uh, because the XPS 13, which this is based on, is just flat out one of the like most straightforward best Windows laptops. They got they didn't screw anything up except the camera. Except the camera. Yeah, the <laughs> camera's in the, the camera corner here. Um, but you can just use some AI and like oh, uh, and it just gets rid of yeah. your double chin. Uh, the camera is shining up your face. And yeah. so Dell took it and they like did basically most of the right things that you would want to in 2017. Look how happy Jake looks. They they put <laughs> some USB-C ports on it. They had a micro SD card slot, but at least they tried with like got some kind of expansion and they they made it, you know, fold all the way around. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll see if it is powerful enough with the processor that's mm -hmm. in there. Um, but, you know, we talked about laptops a lot this week and how there's a lot of really fun, innovative, cool form factors. But at the end of the day, what you want is a laptop that gets the basics right, doesn't screw up 
the battery life, the screen, the feel of the keyboard, the, the trackpad, the, yeah. you know, Windows Hello Login is actually really important on Windows laptops for me. Um, and so far as we can tell, you know, seeing this thing here at CES, this is the laptop that will nail all of those basics and also look good mm -hmm. doing it. Well, and I think... Nothing says basic like Adele. Yeah, right? This is basically like... Bye, Casey. This is basically like the Lenovo Yoga married last year's Dell XPS yeah. 13. Yes. And granted, the whole foldy, bendy thing is often a gimmick, and even the PC makers themselves will sometimes mm -hmm. admit, like, Nobody yeah, most people don't really use yeah. it in these modes. But it's nice to have that option, and it's nice right. to have a touchscreen. Well, the, the Yoga you're referring... The one that I use is a Yoga 910. There's a bunch of Yogas. But the Yoga 910 is a perfect example example of like screwing up the basics. Yeah. Like yeah. you yeah. couldn't hit the shift key. I want to get through all these. Okay. Uh, we, we put best Chromebook on here. It's obviously the Samsung, Samsung Chromebook Pro. Yes. We split them up. The laptop and the Chromebook. You could make the argument that we shouldn't have split them up, right? They're all laptops in the end. Yeah. I would say what's happening on the Windows side with the laptops is so interesting and they're charging into a space that Apple seems to have abandoned a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like they, they clearly don't care as much about the Mac as we want them to. Uh, and even like Apple bloggers, like this is a disgrace, it's a disaster. Uh, but what's happening on the Chromebook side is they're extending the idea of the Chromebook. They're putting Android on it. There's a I, to me, it feels like they're they're different things going in different directions. Yeah. But you could make the other argument. They're they're going in different directions, but like the Chromebook is coming into Windows turf a little bit, especially later uh, this year when we see Android apps running full nougat on Chrome OS when they're able to be fully resized. We might just see some slightly more professional apps coming. And so that's why I'm okay having it be in a separate category because it's, it's a separate kind of thing you want to track. Like, we know what Windows laptops are doing, but Chromebooks are about to go into a interesting and new direction, and they might become something more than just, like, bulk sales to schools. Yeah. I'm actually a little bit confused by this Chromebook because I was looking at the specs, and I was like, okay, it's running, it's running Chrome OS, right? Yeah. But it has fully Android capabilities. Capabilities, yeah. Yeah. and but it has 32 gigabytes of internal storage. So I think storage. Then I think, oh, I'm going to be able to like run stuff from it. But you still can't really run applications from it like you would on a PC, right? You can run Android applications from it, like Android. You run on a PC. Well, okay. If you played with the beta stuff, it's they got to work that out. Yeah, yeah I think okay. not, Android. Not I haven't yet. When they put I've... NuGet on it, it'll be. It's hopefully it'll be different. That's why I'm saying they're, they're radically different ideas about yeah. what these things should be. It's right. basically a giant cell phone with a desktop browser, nice. and a Windows laptop is like a laptop, right? Like right. they're weird. Uh, we have best millennial transport on here, <laughs> which I think is an excuse for me to say. Uh, <laughs> Millennials are stupid now. Uh, uh, this Chrysler Portal. Yep. It's like basically what we're saying is best concept car. Yeah. yeah. It looks cool as hell. I was yeah? so skeptical. You, are, you had like a Scion for years. I did, yeah. So yeah. I'm. this is sort of my jam, I guess, weirdly. But man, I saw the images of I love of rolling boxes. <laughs> Give me a rolling box. I'm in a good mood. Yeah. Neil, I think I know why you're so offended by this thing. <laughs> Yeah. Because yes. fundamentally it's a minivan and you know it's in your future. Yeah, it's coming for me. We're going to pack that thing full of kids and it's going to self-drive us all the way home. That's all, yeah, I don't know. It just like, it has cool pack it full of anything to you want. it. Yeah. It also looks kind of like one of those LG smart fridges, like you knock twice on the window and you can see what's inside. Yeah, I also feel like of all the concepts that we saw here, Chrysler's was the one that was like, the least overextending in terms of bullshit AI stuff. Yeah. Right? Is this yeah. the one that had, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's like selfies of you. Like, it's Toyota like, and Honda, right? like, overpromised. Right. It's like, four more. Yeah. Like, it's, and it's, it comes with a skateboard or something? No, that's no, the other that's one. The oh, okay. That's the, uh, the new V. Uh, oh. All of these words make me want to die. Best <laughs> in <laughs> show. show. The very best thing at CES. Drum roll, please. 
It's got to be Alexa. There's it's no not. A, it's not a thing, right? It's like this overwhelming wave, and there's already been, I think, slightly overblown articles that like Amazon Alexa is the future of all interfaces. I don't yeah. know about that, but I think Amazon's lead here. They really dominated a trade show in a way that few companies have ever dominated a trade show and made it seem thematically unified. Without having a booth. Without having a booth. Without, well, they had a thing. Well, they, they have, they have something here. They have okay. a giant echo here. But yeah, it's just giant one giant echo. <laughs> <Right. laughs> right. I mean, what, what, what's your read on this situation? Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly right. Um, uh, there is a, uh, like, first mover advantage is a real thing. The faster you can create that ecosystem where you get the install base, you get the developers thirsty to build applications for the platform, and it just starts happening, it gets harder and harder for someone to catch up. So, you know, Google is playing in this space now. A lot of clones are playing in this space. But, you know, like if you're Apple, for example, you're starting to look like you're really far behind. So, you know, this year there, there was a genuine bona fide trend and that was voice interaction in the home. It's real and it's here and it's only going to expand. Yeah. I think the, I think the big question for Amazon is what we talked about earlier. Can they, can they extend this into the other places they need to be? Right. But they've got kind of a big lead in TVs, right? They sell a bunch of fire sticks. Yep. They're going to make actual yeah. TVs that run their stuff. Lauren now. actually named yeah. the, the fire stick the best uh, cheap... Uh, yeah, it was pretty thing. great, yeah, yeah. and it was mostly because of like Amazon stuff, because all those little sticks and boxes yeah. are pretty much commoditized, right? right. So, yeah. Well, what I think it's interesting is CES for years, it's the 50th year of the show. Hopefully, we won't all come here for years. But uh, it's always been about the home, right? It's always been about big stereo systems, big TVs, big stuff in your house. And this is the first year where that refocus on stuff in your house gave this place purpose. And it seems like Amazon is like, we're just going to be in your house. And we failed on mobile because we had a bad idea about cameras and doing face tracking on phones. Uh, but if we can own what's happening in your house, then we have a beachhead to like maybe go with you. Uh, is that yeah. kind of how you feel? I just have to say that I was at one of the preview events the other night and I saw a prototype <coughs> of the GE light, which is just, just big. It looks like one of those circles behind us, right? right. That, that is going to have Alexa. And the woman that was standing there at the booth looked at me and just without any irony, n no smile on her face said, you can order a pizza through the light, the light if you'd like. And I was like, <laughs> wow, the future is here. Do you want to I kind of wanted pizza at that moment, too. So I was like, ooh, that actually so sounds what, the future is delicious. So what don't you want Alexa in in your house? What do you mean? Isn't the dream that you just have, like, microphones everywhere? Yeah, I mean, just like I just want a, a whole rant about, like, data and privacy. <laughs> yeah. But isn't it like you just walk around your house like saying things and the house listens to you and responds? Yeah. I, I think what Amazon doesn't have right is like if you have multiple things, they right. don't know about each other too right. well, right? Like right. They're the right, right one's supposed to answer, but that doesn't always work. Yeah. Right. You can't, you can't use your uh, echo for so your TV. Megan, right. I hear that we have oh. a, a tweet. This That's is like the closest. <laughs> final tweet. The final tweet. The, final the tweet most tonight. ominous words in the English language. <laughs> the best of Twitter. Uh, we have a special tweet specifically for Casey that I would like to make sure we get on screen oh right boy. now that someone sent us. Ooh. Oh my God. That's, um, some of my, this is some brutal. Of my, ins my hair inspirations from the past. Wow. Alexa, Alexa, turn that off. <laughs> wow. Oh man. Uh, this is a brutal way to end. We have a tweet. Has <laughs> anything good ever happened for your self-esteem after those? Uh, uh, that's it. I mean, like, yeah. it's been a busy show. Uh, the Circuit Breaker team is going to be doing a bunch more videos of the show. There's a bunch of other reporting that we'll pull out from the yeah, show. Yeah, we've got a couple more days at CES, so, so stay tuned through the weekend. Yeah. And uh, we just want to thank everybody for watching. We want to thank everybody that helped put Let's together bring in the, the show. Fam. Let's bring in all our I friends. Wanna, I want to see the fam. fam. <laughs> They're very um, reluctantly going to walk out on camera now. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul decided to wear this hat. So I just had this hat on.
on the web, WeatherVerge.com. This is a podcast of the week on yeah. iTunes. It's called The Verge Cast. Yeah. It's the flagship podcast of TheVerge.com. Uh, there's a number of catchphrases I have to say. Cut through the night, <laughs> rock and roll. Paul, that's it. That's The Verge Cast from CS. We'll see ya. Paul. Oh.